0: 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class.
2: Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24/7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services.
3: Let's go! This is the Lombardi line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSN.
4: Okay, Lombardi line of course. Tonight we kick off. Is it week 9 already? Michael Lombardi there on Patrick Maher. This oh, is BC and Esports betting I network. Know. You got the Eagles. I know, it's right. Life lifetime it,
1: everything flies, <laughs> right, Michael? It real well, when you get into the season, I mean, we're so we're we're actually close to Thanksgiving. You know, we're in November. You know, the the the, the really this is where we start to find out who is coaching their teams, who's improving. You know Seattle. The last three weeks, they've really done a great job of improving defensively. Will that continue? You know, as we move forward. Uh, so, yeah. And once you get on these weekly schedules, Thursday's football, Monday's the end of the week football. It's it's kind of fun. It and it goes. Time flies when you when you when you love what you do. Time seems to fly by.
4: Uh, for you and I doing the show, this is the best time of the year because it's 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 like a machine. We know exactly what we're doing. We don't have day. to it's,
1: talk it's... about Kyrie Irving. We don't have <laughs> no. to talk about the New York Net, the, the Brooklyn Nets and the dysfunction that goes on in in that. But like, 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 I get that that Durant didn't want sh- didn't want you know Steve Nash the the second version of the clapper. But I mean waiting six games to do what you probably told Durant we were going to do when he decided to come back seems a little weird. Nobody brings that up. Like, it's like, okay, we're, we're, we're going to be gullible enough to buy that. It's like, oh, Dan Snyder might be looking for a partner. Like, who's partnering with Dan Snyder? Like, tell me who that is. I could, Now, I would see that somebody would say, okay, Dan says, I want to own the team for two more years, and you could have the team in two more years. I think that would be hard to sell for somebody. But I can't see somebody saying, Oh, damn, by the way, here's forty-five percent of the value of the team. Take it and you run it because you do it so well, I'll just sit back and watch. Like, does that make any sense to you at all?
4: A slept on component of the commanders getting sold is whoever comes in and buys it, they're gonna change the name again because that's tied to Snyder. That disastrous name change.
1: Not necessarily the I, I, name I change. I didn't think about that, but I I think you're right. I think you're absolutely right. If I bought the team, I would want to change it too. But I think this, I really believe this, and I can't prove it, obviously, but it's just a theory, and I love theories. I think what they said to Dan was, because he didn't want to go, so they said, Dan, give us a number. What, what would you say that you absolutely would sell the team for? And Dan said, I'll sell it. If, if somebody offered me 6000000000 billion, I'll sell it. Okay? Well, you know, that's what they okay. I bet you there's no doubt in my mind. You can go through the Bank of America. You can do all that stuff. The NFL knows exactly who's going to be the next owner of that team. They know exactly what it's going to cost to bid it. And that deal, because of this, was just this is a step to make it look like we're going. But everything is in order. You wouldn't have come this far if you didn't know. Like, there's no way somebody's going to convince me that. And and like anything, it was no different than what, what Michael Corleone told Mo Green. Think of a price. Think of a price. Well,
4: I think the Waltons—I I call them the Waltons. It's the Walmart Group with Denver. They kind of reset the market, right? They paid—they overpaid a, a close to five bill for. If you're getting fought close four point eight for the Denver Broncos, Washington, it's got to be well above that.
1: That's what I said. I think. Give me a number. You know, Mo Green. Give me a number. What's your number? You know, I want to buy your casino. What's your number? I don't want to sell. Well, give me your number. Everybody has a number, right? Well, is it six and a half? Okay, so now Bank of America knows, well, the, the commissioner obviously knows who's willing to pay six and a half billion. Because here's what I think we as fans lose sight of, right? Like, Steve, everybody gave Steve Ballmer all the crap for paying so much money for the Clippers. Well, he's got $190 billion, Right. Does he really care if he overspent by a bit? He wanted to own a basketball team, and he wanted a basketball team on the West Coast. Like, there's not a lot that fit the criteria. So, okay, I got to spend more to get what I want. I got it now. Now I'll make it worthwhile. Washington is a gold mine. Whoever owns that team is going to automatically get a brand new state-of-the-art $1 right. billion dollar stadium, probably where old RFK Stadium is. It's going to be state-of-the-art. You're going to get a Super Bowl there, too. You'll get a Super Bowl. There'll be a retractable roof. You'll get a. I mean, who wouldn't want to go to a Super Bowl in in our state, in our nation's capital? I mean, just play this out. Like it's there's so much there, you know. And so whoever owns that team is walking into a gold mine. A gold mine.
4: There, it's it really it's a fan base. I don't know if there's been a bigger fall from grace across the four majors as far as a fan there's base never, caring n- about n- a team. N- never. It's not even close.
1: I mean, the Clippers were never good. The Clippers were always the joke, right? They were always a joke of the league. Where this is a team just etched in history, you know, and and you know, and and now they're they're laughed at. You know, there'll be more purple in that stadium than there will be burgundy.
4: Hundred percent. You act like is 190, 190 a lot of money, by the way. Uh, okay, let's talk I, some numbers.
1: <laughs> I, mean, I mean, seriously, like I, I mean, we we have a, the one thing we often do in life is take our mindset and put it into other people's. Correct. Right. You know, it's like yeah, that's a, but to to a guy that's got to Jeff Bezos, if he wants to buy it, he wants to buy it. It's like everybody giving Elton Musk uh, uh, Musk crap for for raise. You know, charge. The guy's got to run a business. You know, I mean, either you want to do it or you don't let him run it like the guy like people are criticizing him. He, the guys put rockets in the air like he's developed an electric car. Like, I think he knows what he's doing. I don't think he's an idiot.
4: You got, you called him Elton. Elton. Elton Musk. Oh, I can't get enough. All right. Yeah. What's he doing? E- e- your boy, Elon, he's going to start charge. I'm not like I, I don't even know how I got verified, but I am definitely not paying a monthly stipend to your boy Elton to keep—is
1: that really? Uh, I mean, I think I have charging? to because I'm, they're going to charge you, but you're going to get more video component, right? So, like, uh. you know, but everybody looks at the everybody looks at the at the price. But if you get more video component with longer videos and you can reach a wider, you're going to do it. Of course, you're going to do it. Two dollars a week. I mean, you spend more than that for a cup of coffee. A day, I, I mean, I it the, blows my mind got, how people. I got, don't. I got the giggles of Elton. Elton Musk. Elton, he needs I to mean, change. Elton's smart. He knows what he's doing. Don't. Don't. I mean, look. I. I'm, this isn't a political. I mean, I'm just saying. It's like we don't analyze. And this is. It comes back to betting. We don't analyze. We analyze everything through our landscape and through our lens. Yes. When we have to look at it through a different lens.
4: Well, all kidding aside, betters are, con- are constantly at their own peril, in danger of projection and confirmation bias. Like, you want something to make sense your way, so you start finding reasons, just like Twitter. You find reasons to support your argument. That's betters, all kidding aside, betters get caught into projecting and confirmation bias all the time.
1: All the time. And we also get, as I wrote about, I wrote about this for a column. I wrote about it on the Daily Coach. We also get availability bias. What we saw last week affects us this week. You know, uh, you know, Houston was horrible last week. Well, that does affect me this week. There's no doubt. All we've talked about is how bad they played against the, the the Tennessee Titans, a team that they know really well. So, yeah, I mean that that availability bias is layered in this. But when, like, like for me, the one game I really am mad at myself for not handicapping correctly was Pittsburgh Philly last week. Like, I I would have leaned towards Pittsburgh. My number said take Philly. But what bothered me after going back and studying it, which I think you have to do every week, right? You got to go and say, I was wrong here, I was wrong here, because you learn more from being wrong than you do from being right, is when Pittsburgh had to play Buffalo, a six-back offense, they got blown out. They got blown. they couldn't even stay within a, a two touchdowns of it. And to me, anytime Pittsburgh's going to play a six-back offense that's explosive, they're going to get blown out. And that that's I missed that part of the handicap.
4: The number that fascinates me is Tennessee. Of course, we don't know who's going to be under center for them. Kansas City coming off a bye. Tennessee just boat raced Houston. You see that number? It's pretty big. Kansas yeah, City well, hasn't covered. It's they're huge. They're only four ATS, their last four at home. It's 12 and a half with Kansas City laying it,
1: Michael. Well, I mean, part of this too, Patrick, is, is Tennessee's numbers are not good. I mean, Tennessee's power ranking numbers are not good. Their coaches are outstanding. Right, yes. and, he, and and their their situational awareness of games is outstanding and they've improved a lot defensively. They're much better defensively than they've been earlier in the season when they got blown out by tennis. By they got blown out by Buffalo. Now, this is a different offense than Buffalo. Buffalo, the six back offense, they couldn't handle it. Right? They had it seven to seven, all of a sudden it fell apart. I don't know if Tannehill's gonna play in the game. When I ran my numbers for this game, I was basically saying my numbers on this game had a Kansas City favored by 11.75. So there's a little wiggle there. I would definitely lean. I would only take Tennessee. I would never lay the points. And if I'm wrong, fine. But to me, you're right. I think going in there, they're going to – Vrabel's going to manage the game as well as he can manage it in terms of keeping it kind of a – out of becoming a a pace game. Now it's hard if Tad Hill doesn't play. If Willis plays, if Willis has to play, Steve Spagnola and Andy Reid, they're smart enough to line up in a goal line defense, right? Because essentially that's what you got to do, right? Like if I were Lovey Smith last week, I would have said, "Fellas, we're playing a five man line defense. We're going to be in goal line, and we're going to encourage them to. Re- we're going to play man to man on the outside. We're going to be in short yardage the whole entire game." And if they can run the ball against our short yardage, so be it. I mean, Vance Joseph did that against the Patriots when they had Cam Newton. He said, basically, look, I'm playing goal line. I'm playing short yardage defense against you until you can prove you can throw it. That's smart.
4: For what it's worth, the trends support you. The Titans 5-0, and ATS their last five games overall. The Chiefs are 0-4, ATS their last four at home. Uh, impact Kadarius Toney on that offense. looks like he is targeting to come into, as far as, remember, a buy last week, it looks like he is targeting this game, Kadarius Toney, the wide receiver.
1: Well, I mean, look, Kadarius Toney, it's, it's the best gig he's got because why? He, he doesn't love, he, the guy doesn't love football. He likes to play football. He do not love football. And when all the pressure and spotlights on him to play football, that's not good. But when he can become the sixth man or the seventh man and he can kind of play and do his – all of a sudden, he's got unique talent.
4: Okay, coming up next, professional handicapper Mike Samich. Actually, he's there at the Breeders' Cup. He's going to join us. He's got a running back prop and a pro tip. That's next. And then
0: Mike Palm joins us.
1: You're listening to The Lombardi Line on v featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher.
4: Okay, BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, obviously the sponsor here of the Lombardi Line for years. And remember, you can visit BetMGM.com or download the new app over at BetMGM. Also, if you're in Vegas, stop by any MGM property, bring your Nevada ID. And once you do, it only takes a couple of minutes. You're ready to bet. 21 years or older, one 800 gambler if you have an issue okay mike palm coming up in about 16 minutes here on a thursday edition of the lombardi line got a big number in houston of course with the texans catching 13 and a half 14 depending on the book michael lombardi on patrick maher we now welcome in his regular thursday spot mike samich a yeoman's job because i know samich professional handicapper here he's at he's in kentucky he is at Keeneland for the Breeders' Cup coming up on Friday and Saturday, but he joins us. How's it going there in Kentucky, my friend? It's
6: going good. It's uh, excited for the next two days. Really looking forward to being at Keeneland. Lexington's a beautiful town. Lots of great places to go out and eat oh. and have some fun at night. But so it's, uh, it's, it's going to be an absolute blast these next two days.
1: Are you a bourbon fan, Mike? I mean, there's. I mean, that's the place to be, right? I, I mean, are, are you a big bourbon fan? Lexington is. I tried to get Bill's daughter, Abby, to talk to her into Lexington because it's so pretty, but I, that 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 fell off the table. It went to Alabama instead. But are you a big Bourbon fan?
6: I am a big Bourbon fan, which makes these, these next couple days even more dangerous for me. So you to got to save oh, that yeah. for, for Saturday <laughs> night so that we can uh, you know recuperate on Sunday after the races and the tournaments are over.
4: Uh, Yeah, and of course, Mike Somich, uh, universally known as one of the best horse handicappers on the planet. Before we get into the football, and you do have a prop and a pro tip, quickly explain to Michael one more time and to the vast audience, Flightline, the impact historically the horse that's going to be running on Saturday
6: in the Breeders' Cup Classic. Simply put, could be the greatest horse we've ever seen run. Since they started uh, creating buyer speed figures, which is one of the kind of go-to speed figure numbers from a horse racing perspective. Flightline put up the second highest ever. Only Ghost sapper has had a higher buyer. Uh, one is, I believe it's five races by a combined 60 plus lengths. So it just blows fields out. Uh, a really funny story from the Pacific Classic last time. The horse wins, Flightline wins by 20. The second place horse, Country Grammar, comes back and thought he won the race. That's how far ahead Flightline was in that spot. Uh, Going to be a very heavy favorite in the Classic. But if nothing else, just watch greatness, because you have that opportunity on Saturday.
1: I can't what wait to see he, it. I mean, that I think that's I a great line, Patrick. Watch greatness. There's nothing. I have a picture of a Secretary here in my office. When you see greatness, you know you got to watch it, whether you're a fan of horse racing or not. I'm really looking forward to it and to, and to study the horse and to study how all these things have come to fruition.
4: I, I totally. When you're a niche sport, you need a hook. And the hook is always greatness. Like casual fans will show up for greatness. And Flightline is just that. Think about it this way. He's taking on the best horses in the world. And he's a three to five morning line favorite. What do you think he goes off come post time?
6: I think he's going to be closer to one to five when he actually breaks from the gate. I mean, you'll be you'll be lucky to get twenty cents on the dollar on the horse to win. And there's going to be a lot of people who just bet a two dollar win ticket because they want to keep that ticket that says Flightline and Breeders Cup Classic on it. So you're going to get a really short price on them. I'm going to be playing a big exact. I really like Taba in second, so I'm going to play a big Flightline over Taba exact. I hope I can get three, four to one somewhere in that range in the Classic, and then just enjoy the race. I mean, rarely do you get to be at these monster venues with this special of a horse. It's electric in the stands, and if he turns for home and he's ahead by five, ten lengths, and opening up, the crowd is going to be going absolutely wild. the The, the Raptors will be shaking. It's just a really unique opportunity to see something like this.
1: Okay, you know Mike. that. Well, Mike you. For- made a great. Go ahead, please. He made a great point. I mean, that's what happened at the at the Belmont. I mean, people were just betting Secretariat just to have that ticket. Mm-hmm.
4: <laughs> And that's the picture. You, didn't you buy the frame picture, Michael, of the Belmont?
1: Where oh, yeah. I got Turcotte it. I got it right here. Heck, yeah. Oversold. I got it. Yeah.
4: I, 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 I love I the sport. And I want to give a special shout-out to Racing Dudes who put together our Kentucky Derby racing guide. Mike works with them. Our buddies Aaron and Jared over at RacingDudes.com if you want your plays. Okay. Let's do this. Uh, let's get into your prop for tonight. Of course, this is a defense that is just... It's futile. It's a futile effort right now from the Texans especially against the run and you've got Miles Sanders over 77 and a half
6: tonight. Yeah, I mean they are the worst rushing defense in the NFL with a bullet. They've given up the most yards to running backs <laughs> for the last 5 games. They've given up two plus touchdowns to the starting running back. Uh by the way, you can get 4 to 1 Miles Sanders two plus touchdowns. You can get 22 to 1 three plus touchdowns if you want to sprinkle a little something there. Miles Sanders averaging 4.9 yards per rush. He's projected to get 18 carries tonight. That sends him way over this total of 77 and a half. And you just look at what the Texans have done on the rushing side, rushing defensive side of the ball. Give up over 200 yards to Henry last week. This is a game mined at 13 and a half, 14 all over the place. The Eagles aren't going to want to throw the ball over the yard. They're going to want to run the ball, get out of here healthy, try and slow this game down. It all projects to Sanders getting more carries and sets him up for, for to be able to blow over this 77 and a half total. If you look at PFF, the rushing grades, Texans have a 29.9 out of 100 rushing grade, rushing defensive grade. The next worst in the NFL is 40.1. They are awful against the runs. A great matchup for Sanders.
1: It, it really is. And, and you know, it, it's going to be, I, I love Sanders because the, the, you know, the one thing when you play Philly, and this is why I think Dallas traded for Hankins, is you got to be physical up inside. You can't be little in there because you can take away the outside. You can defend them outside in, but you got to be able to hold up like Tampa did last year with Vita Vey and with Sue, but that's not Houston. Houston doesn't have that size. They have all these guys that like to go to the beach. They like to swim up the field, and when you swim up the field, there's huge lanes to go into. Yeah, they don't have the bodies that can handle this offensive line.
6: No
4: the doubt. only thing that would concern me is the backups getting some of the touches in the second half from Sanders. If they just completely trounce them uh, coming out the gate. Okay. There it is over 77 and a half. Mike Samich on. Oh, I think we lost Patrick.
1: there. I, I lost you, Mike. Okay. So we lost Patrick. Hopefully we'll get Patrick back here, Mike. So let, let's talk about the week nine in the NFL. What, what do you like going into week nine of the of the games?
6: Well, I, I like a, a snatch-up here we have down in Tampa Bay. I, I've been fading this Rams team a couple weeks in a row. The offensive line absolutely decimated. Now we have Cooper Cup facing an injury. The Buccaneers get some extra time to prepare and should be able to rush the passer down in Tampa. So I'm, I'm going to lay the three points with the Buccaneers this weekend. They're starting to get healthier on the offensive side of the football. I think that helps them out quite a bit. And I'm just... This Rams is a disaster. I mean they they made the Super Bowl last year. Or they they make the Super Bowl last year just really struggle out of the gate here. And now you really are seeing this offensive line just get decimated with injuries. Their center is questionable coming back. They may be on their third string center. We're already on our third string guard. Just a really, really tough spot here for the Rams traveling across the country. You also
1: and thank you, hey, my, Patrick. I know you're select, I, yep. You well, I know like you're Washington. back, but I, I I agree a thousand percent with what Mike just said there. I couldn't agree anymore. Go ahead. Washington, too. Go ahead.
4: Yeah, you like the three and a half, and I agree with your sentiment on the Rams as
6: well. You like Washington catching the three and a half here with Minnesota in town, Mike? Yeah, look, this Washington team is just different with uh, with Henke, Henke on, on, at the quarterback position. He has really given them some more life on both sides of the football. And this Minnesota team is just a fraud. They're 6-1 and one right now, but they are struggling to win these games. They needed three turnovers in the fourth quarter from the Cardinals to be able to pull that one out. I think this is just a spot where Minnesota is going to be a little more tired after all of this travel, including going over to uh, London earlier this year, coming back. Now they're heading to Washington in an out-of-division game. The three and a half is a key for me. I really like the hook here. I think Washington can keep this close. I'm not sure if they're able to win, but give me the points with the the commanders here
1: at home. Do yeah, you, you think there's any effect that the commanders think their owner's going to change? It might really motivate them to play better. I, I, I wouldn't put it past them. I'll be honest with you.
6: It's uh, one of the so key. They've go been ahead, facing Mike. distractions all year long. And so at this point, I'm not worried about another distraction because it's just been a train wreck of a season in Washington anyway. So I, I think you may see them play a little bit better, but Rivera is really good at coaching through these type of issues. We saw him do it in Carolina as well. So I trust Ron Rivera to be able to make sure this team is motivated and ready to go. And We'll see what happens with the actual franchise, but I'm, I'm not worried about the distractions in Washington. The the Heineke juice is real, Michael Lombardi. Like, I don't know what it
4: is. There's certain guys that teams galvanize around, and Heineke is one of those guys.
1: I, I agree. I think there is certainly a level of, look, we like the quarterback, or the quarterback's our guy, and the team believes in him. And he raised, What's the quarterback's main job besides completing passes and, 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 and orchestrating the offense is to raise the level of play of his teammates? That's what Wentz 100%. doesn't do. And, and Heineck, he does that. He really does. Okay, got a minute left round, here. Round.
4: Uh, a minute left here, Mike Sammet. You got a pro tip on the way out, and we'll let you get back to the horses.
6: Yeah, this is this. We're in the doldrums. Of the NFL season here. We're we're headed into uh, we're headed into the eighth week, and you've got a lot of teams that are facing interesting travel spots now. So I am specifically looking at travel spots, teams that are going on the road for either the second time, back-to-back weeks, or the third time in four weeks. I'm looking for out-of-division games and looking for those road or home dogs in that spot. This week, uh, you've got a, a Miami team that is going to be on the road for the second straight week. They faced Detroit last week. Now they're headed to Chicago. This game is outside. It slows their speed down a little bit you're catching five with the bears with justin fields who's getting a little bit frisky out there in chicago for them this is a bad spot for the Dolphins, so i'll take the points in these type of situations i'm gonna consistently look for more spots like this either second back to back road games or third road game in four weeks i think that's a great spot to tee off on
1: yeah i mean i like this game a lot the week i was hoping the weather would be bad that's what i that's what i really was liking the most (laughs)
4: that's what we need Slow down the Dolphins a little bit more. Mike, enjoy the Breeders' Cup, and, and good luck this Thank weekend. Thank you, Mike. Okay? Thank you. Thanks, guys. Enjoy Flatland on there Saturday. There Mike Samich. Thank you very much. Coming up next, our boy joins us, of course, Mike Palm, here on the Lombardi Line.
1: You're listening to the Lombardi Line on v featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher.
4: Okay, vCN Pros, vCN.com slash subscribe. It's $99 now, but when you pay 99 bucks, you get everything we offer through the Super Bowl. Pro tools, pro picks, pro tips, Michael Lombardi exclusive articles, point spread weekly every Wednesday. It's all there. So make sure you check it out. vCN.com slash subscribe as we welcome you back here on a Thursday edition. Week nine kicks off tonight in Houston with the Eagles in town. Mike Michael Lombardi there. Mike Palm is hanging out at Circa in his regular Thursday spot. We're going to start here a little unconventional. This is from our buddy Thomas Gable at the book in Atlantic City, of course, the Borgata. He runs the race and sports book. He asked me to ask you what you would do tonight as the master of content management. He's got the Eagles or <laughs> Phillies. He can only put one audio up there at the Borgata, what would Mike Palm do?
3: Well, I'm, I'm biased, but I put World Series Game 5 up. Uh, and, and, you know, you guys asked an interesting question about the ratings. Separate from the ratings, when I was on with Paulie on Follow the Money on Monday, we thought we were having Game 3 of the World Series and it got rained out. But I said, what do you think the handle will be compared to the Battle of Ohio, the Bengals and the Browns, or Game 3 of the World Series? And we both said we thought, you know, that the, the NFL game would write more. Now, the game gets rained out and gets moved to Tuesday night, so it's really standalone against the Mac, uh, an even better spot for the right. The Monday night football game right doubled what the right was on Game 3 of the World Series on Tuesday. So that, that will tell you a little bit about how much football is king.
1: Did the MAC, uh, somebody was telling me today that the MAC had, had more tickets written than the World Series. Is that true? No,
3: the MAC was half of the World Series. The MAC was a little more than the NBA, but less than the NHL on Tuesday night. And in, in our book, I mean, this is wow. that's just one book. Uh, interesting right. here, Patrick and Michael, our Chris Bennett, who's our Director of Trading, he's our NFL guy, but he's, he's really our baseball guy as well. He put up a series of props for uh, a, a catalog of props for the World Series. Will either either team score 10 runs in the game, blah, blah. blah. He also had the prop. Will either team throw a no hitter at 75 to one, you know, lay 110 to one or whatever on the no. To, we had four people that bet there will be a, a no hitter and cash those tickets.
4: Wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> I did not I did not realize you That's were offering. Awesome. And wow. Yeah, good job on those four betters to pick up on that prop. Um, what 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 say you on tonight? I can't back these be- Verlander in the World Series. You know what
3: he's done in Cindergard. Are you willing to back Cindergard? Well, we had Larry Bow on Monday too, and he said Cindergard is one time through the lineup only, and then it becomes a bullpen game for Philadelphia. So the bet's really the first three innings. Um, Verlander, it's it's a, a, remarkable. The narrative on Kershaw is a hundred times stronger than Verlander. Yet Verlander eight starts right. in a World Series, zero and six. Mad Bomb, Madison Baumgartner, could pitch the next World Series game. He probably will never be in one. But if he pitched in another World Series game, he could give up 24 earned runs without recording an out, and he would have a better ERA in the World Series than Justin Verlander.
1: Why do you think that is, Mike? I mean, like, this guy is such a good what, – what happens – I don't know enough about what happens in the baseball World Series. I mean, it can't be the pressure. I mean, what, what why has this guy become so bad World Series time?
3: I don't know. Uh, and and it's, you can't just say it's the end of his career so it's the innings on top of a long season because it's throughout the career, even when he you know, was with the Tigers. So hard to say. I know he has pressure, but he's a number one. He's been a number one. You know, So you're you're always under pressure when you're a number one. You're going against their number one. Tonight, the pressure is the, the, the atmosphere in Philadelphia is incredible. I liken this to the 87 twins, Michael and Patrick. I've never seen a home field advantage in baseball for a World Series team a, as high as this. The 87 twins, they never won any games on the road. Remember, they beat the Cardinals in seven. They won all four games at home. They did it like five or six years later. They, they beat the Braves. They won all four games at home. Um, you know, it, it's like that in Philadelphia. Now, it took Christian Javier being almost perfect last night and throwing the combined no hitter to beat him. I don't think that lingers, though. I don't think there's any effect from that for the Phillies. This, these guys go out there, they're trying to bash the ball, they'll bounce back. I like what Schwarber said. He really doesn't care about it. Um, so, I mean, in, in a nutshell here, I think the, it, I thought last night was a must win. For Houston, because if you had Verlander trying to stave off elimination, you were in big trouble in Philadelphia. Now, tonight, I think it's a must-win for Philadelphia. I think it's too tough to go back to Houston and win two games, where all of their hitters hit much better in Houston than they do on the road. Yeah,
1: it was electric last night. It's been electric here in Philly. I mean, even the boss, Springsteen, was in the stadium last night. I mean... You know the Phillies. Phillies players are wearing that 46042. The Sixers had to move their game to six o'clock because of the traffic issues here. So, I mean, it's 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 an incredible, incredible time in Philadelphia with the Eagles being so good, and then the Phillies making this comeback, and the fact that the weather, Patrick, this week we are going to be in the 70s. Tonight's game is going to be warmer than last night.
3: Meanwhile, here in Las I mean, Vegas, we had a incredible. Chuck Gatica cuddle alert this morning. I mean, it was 48 <laughs> degrees with November rain. The wind started to pick up yeah. yesterday afternoon around 4 o'clock. The gales of November did come early.
1: Yeah, no doubt. Shout hey, Mike, I wanted to ask Yedica. you before. Pat, I, I love it. It's so good. He, Mike, Tennessee, your thoughts on them being ranked number one in, in the polls and Clemson sneaking into
3: four. Well, let's start with Tennessee. I believe that they have the best resume. However, in my heart, I agree with my former partner, Amal Shaw. If a team's a defending national champion and they're undefeated, they should stay number one. They, they're the incumbent. But the argument can be made. Tennessee has better wins, a better resume. They've played as good as anybody. I've had them four times this year, three times in the contest, cashed easily every time, and I still don't know if I can pull the trigger and take eight points between the hedges and Athens. There's, there's several huge jokes here. And and, and I almost think they do this for TV and for speculation, all this, 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 this committee. I mean, they're, they're far worse than the basketball committee in my opinion, but anyhow, the Clemson at four is a joke. The ACC, I mean, what are we arguing about the ACC that Syracuse is any good? Notre Dame's terrible. They'll get blown out at home this week against Clemson. They will. They beat Syracuse. Wake Forest just turned the ball over six times in Louisville against a very bad Cardinal team. The ACC is garbage. I had TCU. Fifth in my rankings behind Michigan. How is Alabama ahead of TCU? Alabama has a <laughs> loss. Alabama should have lost at Texas. The quarterback was out. They got three calls that worked in their benefit. And the worst thing, worse than those two games, is that you almost got beat by Jimbo Fisher at home. Alabama, how can That's Alabama a- be ahead of undefeated teams? And then LSU at 10 is the third joke to me. I, I, I don't have LSU in my top 15, honestly.
1: Yeah, I, my, Mike, you're preaching to the choir. I get it. I think Alabama's overrated. I really do. I, I do. I think they're not as good as we think they are. And you're right. They're one play away from having two losses against Jimbo and his dynamic. Oh, Patrick, don't let me get digressed. Please take it over, Patrick. Don't get me going, Patrick. I was,
4: gonna, I was just going to say this. I was just going to say the committee did exactly what they're supposed to do. They've got Mike Palm yelling on Vison right now. That's exactly what they want to do. They got you. You're eating out of their hand because they want debate. And, I mean, Clemson, Michael Lombardi at four. Are you kidding no,
1: me? It's a I, joke. That's, I mean, that's not on. a very good football game. I mean, it's that, that's an insult to our intelligence. It really is. I mean, you know, that. that's really what that is. I mean, we know Clemson. I mean, Clemson's struggling. I mean, that Syracuse game, they had to get every call in the fourth quarter to go their way. Or
3: else it's so we know Syracuse just got routed by Notre Dame. And, and Baber's totally mismanaged the clock. He let 25 seconds 100%. run off the clock. He gets picked off with 25 seconds to go on the 30. If if the if Schrader had 55 seconds from the 30, I think they win that game. Yeah, I totally agree. <laughs> it,
4: Syracuse should have won that football game. If you watch the whole game, it was just the flow of that game with Syracuse's to win. Okay, just we're gonna come back with palms pressing three. We wait for it every week, and we'll get to the football game then. Just just to put a bow on the World Series, who are they betting early there at
3: circa uh, tonight? They're betting Houston. This is a Cindergard fade play. Um, Wayne Krivsky was a former GM of of the Reds and is a friend of ours, friend of Brent's. You know, he made a point to me about Wheeler. I said, start Wheeler in game one. You get three starts. He said, Wheeler's arm does not bounce back. He can't go on short rest. So. The rain saved Philadelphia in that they could skip Syndergaard, but Wheeler can't go on short rest, so they couldn't throw Wheeler again tonight in Philadelphia. But you do get, if you can force a game seven, you get Ranger Suarez back for probably another good five innings. But right now, they're betting the over, and they're betting uh, Houston so far, and I don't disagree with it.
1: Does Boa think that Syngard goes three innings, and then they pull him regardless? If, if, or does he does he think that the intent is, this is a bullpen, i got to get three out of this guy, and if it looks bad in the
3: second, I'm pulling him anyway. He, he said one time through the order. That's it. Now, whether that's the bottom of the second, who knows? But this guy's only pitched five innings since October 1st in a month. They paid a lot of money for him, you know, and they've used him as, in, in a short relief rolls. It's pretty amazing. They're really left with no choice. I think it's Syndergaard for two and change, and then it's a long game where you're going to see six pitchers.
4: Yeah, and Syndergaard's fragile mentally. I, I don't like this spot for him. And, you know, I think to your point about the Philly fans who've showed out, Michael and Mike, they've been awesome. I mean, I think the unexpected nature of this run by the Phillies has kind of added some juice to it, right? I mean, they fire Girardi during se- during the season. They end up squeaking into the postseason. I think there's something, Mike Palm, to the unexpected nature of
3: this run. They're amazing there, though, Michael can tell you. The year I worked at the Borgata, the passion these people have for their sports and the hatred for the cowboys is unreal
1: <laughs> it's unmatched <laughs> equal equal hatred for doc the rivers, is, doc for the rivers is moving into doc <laughs> rivers is moving into dallas cowboy territory in terms of hatred i could just give you that tip
4: palms pressing three we love it it's next
1: You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSEN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher.
4: Michael Lombardi all over the honeymooners during the break. That was great. BetMGM, the King no, of Sportsbooks, unleashed odd the couple. spirit of Vegas. Oh, Odd Couple. My bad. My bad. BetMGM Rewards. Michael, you know it. Betting's premier loyalty program. Exclusive offers. Again, you get points every time you bet at BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, and when you do, you can use those points for airfare, hotels, free bets. It's great. Call one eight hundred Gambler if you have an issue. Twenty-one years or older, uh, you have to be. Now we welcome you back here. We're getting to Palms Pressing Three. So that was The Odd Couple because you were verbatim. Uh, it sounds like you've watched a lot the beginning of, of The Odd of that Couple.
1: Show. When I went uh, to college, yes. when I went to college, Channel Eleven, New York's WPIX at New York, we got Yankee mm-hmm. games. And at at eleven o'clock, you got the Odd Couple. At eleven thirty, you got Rockford Files. I mean, that was like—I mean, it was the only thing I did. It was, was beautiful, Clug- beautiful time.
3: Was Klugman better in The Odd Couple or Quincy, Michael? I,
1: I loved him in The Odd Couple. Mm. I thought he was brilliant in The Odd Couple. I could—I still laugh at him. I mean, it's, it was really good. Uh, yeah, I would say—I uh, would say he's better in The Odd Couple for me. But uh, I because I fell in love with them in the Odd Couple, so I liked them in Quincy too.
4: What was your what's your nostalgic? We'll get to Palm's pressing three. Just quick question for you, Palm. What's your nostalgic throwback TV show?
3: I really liked the Jeffersons. I thought the Jeffersons <laughs> was, was true I didn't realize till I got older that, you know, Isabella Sanford was a bigger star than Sherman Hemsley was before that show. I didn't know. But I thought that Je- Mother Jefferson was a terrific character and then all the race dynamics. I mean, the show was very, very well written. I came from a town in Iowa, there were really no black people at all, Michael. There was no integration. It was just all white, Catholic, Irish, German, Catholic people. So seeing that on TV and seeing those dynamics sort of open up your mind.
1: Norman Lear was incredible. I mean, he was trying to, in his own way, trying to to, to teach America about how we should have race relations in his way. He's still alive. Can you imagine Norman Lear still writing still writing today? 100, 101 years old. Mm. I love
4: I loved the spinoff with uh, Jimmy Walker. I can't remember the name right now. Good Times? That, that show I loved as a good kid. Time. Good, good Times. Good Times. A- oh, Esther Rolle,
3: James Amos. Okay. John Amos. Very that's good.
4: good. Let's let's <laughs> do it. Let's do it, Mike Palm. We'll start with one. Palm's pressing
3: 3 we You've had a good run. Let's keep it going. <laughs> Michael... Over the past week, you have brilliantly detailed the six-back offense and how it has flummoxed even the great coaches like Saban and Belichick. Do you foresee Sunday football starting to look more like Friday nights and Saturday nights? And will this change the way college quarterbacks are scouted? For example, could Dorian Thomas Robinson from UCLA be an overlooked future star on Sundays?
1: I think that's a great question, and I think it's a great point. Yes, I do. I think it's a way to, to bridge this gap of trying to find the perfect drop-back passer, which colleges are not delivering us. In the column I wrote, Parcells said that we can only take what the colleges are giving us. Well, they're giving us, they're giving us RPO guys, but we know the RPO game doesn't really work in the NFL. And so we have to find somebody who could do something in the passing game. And so I think it's clearly going to be the case. I think if you are the New York Football Giants, you're sitting there saying, "We're going to go with we'll, we'll re-sign Daniel Jones for a for a decent hometown discount. We'll run this offense until we find somebody and we'll get better players around him and we'll become Philadelphia. Philly is driving this train. Philly's driving this train." Now, if Philly goes ahead and pays Hurts a ton of money, which they may have to do because of his success, but they're driving this train, and I, this train, so we understand this, this train is is also driving, scoring down, and rushing up. As I said to Patrick, there are nine teams, almost ten, to, almost 11, 12 teams, excuse me, that have averaged 4-9 or above in yards per attempt.
4: Hmm. Yep. 100%. Dorian Thompson, he's going to be 30 years old by the I time think he gets to the league, DTR.
1: I, I don't think you can overlook any quarterback. I don't think you can. I think what I wrote in the column, too, is as bad as Anthony Richardson has looked as a passer, that skill set in a 6 back offense, if he can grasp it like Josh Allen did, you hit a home run. Okay, great start. Number two, Mike Paul.
3: Michael, when a team like the Bears trades arguably their two best defensive players in Quinn and Smith, are betters mistaken to factor in deflation in the locker room or even wrongly assume that the front office is aiming for a higher pick with a worst record? Roquan Smith is as good a sideline to sideline tackler as there is in the league, but the Bears only got a two and a five for him and AJ Klein. Was this move justifiable to you? Brian Burns, just as an example, wasn't getting moved without getting two first round picks back.
1: I think I think the evaluation of Rokon's a little high. First of all, their run defense in Chicago was the 27th in the National Football League in yards per attempt. They're 31st in yards allowed. So, And they're 31st in touchdowns allowed. So Rokon wasn't playing to the level we've seen him. I don't think he's as fast as he once was. And I think because this is more contract-related than anything, because they knew they couldn't sign him to a deal, they decided to take a better compensatory pick. And so they put Klein in there, and they say to themselves, well, Okay, Klein's not as good as Smith, but he's not horrible. You know, how much worse can we be than the 27th best yards per attempt rush defense? It's exactly the same thing that Denver said. Yeah, we'll give you two, we'll give you Bradley Chubb. We're never going to sign him. We're never going to sign him. So, you take Bradley Chubb, we'll take the first rounder because the best we were only going to get would have been a compensatory 3. So, you take him, we'll take the first round and we'll sign Jacob Martin, who's nobody really knows, but he's probably half decent and it will get some pressure. He's not great, but at least he could fill the gap. And yet and our team won't have suffered so much. I don't think these two moves by Chicago, first of all, you know, when you break down Robert Quinn, he hadn't really – he had three quarterback hits in one sack. I mean, think about it. I mean, that's not hard to replace.
4: Chicago's catching five. Mike Palm hosting Miami this
3: Sunday. Do you have a lean on that one? I wait Paul? to see the weather. How windy is it going to be? I, I question a little bit, too, in the wind.
1: I, do, I question, okay. too, a lot in the wind. Um, I, this is all about, to me, as you mentioned, the gales of November have come early. And if they come early in Chicago, now the weather's nice back here. This I circled this game as a Chicago win if the weather's bad. I really did. Because I think it'll affect him. I think when I watched him play against Tennessee, when it rained in Tennessee last year, he was very good in the first 10 plays. When that rain came, he was not the same player. I'm not a Tua hater. I'm just a Tua evaluator. And that's what happened.
3: There was a game several years ago, Michael, maybe 14 years ago. But Jake DeLome and Carolina were riding high, and they came into Chicago. The Bears were terrible And they were like laying two and a half. I couldn't understand the line. I I bet a lot of money on Caroline. They were never in the game. It was a bad weather game. DeLong couldn't throw the ball, and the Bears dominated. Question three. Tyler Lockett publicly threw shade at Russell Wilson in the (laughs) postgame presser this week, saying, quote, it's amazing what we can accomplish when nobody is worried about getting the credit. Former teammates from Richard Sherman to Doug Baldwin and others have lined up to take shots at Russ. Wasn't Wilson the golden boy of the NFL not so long ago? Why is all of this coming to light now? And just how much of this simply goes back to the fact of not handing Marshawn Lynch the ball at the goal line in the Super Bowl?
1: I think Russell created his own mistake. I think he created this for himself. His diva behavior really alienated his teammates. And as much as they couldn't trade him, he infuriated everybody within the organization. There's Russell, the persona that everybody knows, and there's Russell, the players know. Make the plane wait for me until I get the right food on the plane. That's a story that I've heard. Now, I don't know if it's completely true, but that's a story that I've heard. Like, he has been a diva, and he has been a big-time diva. And everything has to be catered around Russ. And all this Russ Cook stuff was started by Russ. And then he's trying to throw Waldron under the bus. He wanted Waldron. So, like, to me, I think this is all the players very frustrated with A, the organization for catering to Russ, but finally the organization said enough is enough. Now, what's really interesting is the fact that the Seattle Seahawks are now running the Los Angeles Rams offense to a T, to an exact T. It's the Jared Goff Ram offense to a T, and they're doing it really well. They couldn't do that with Russell because he didn't want to do it. And I think Lockett is just telling just the tip of the iceberg about how frustrating it was playing with Russell. And Denver's learning about it.
4: Per usual, tremendous palms pressing three every Thursday here on the Lombardi line. Uh, Mike, you said during the break, and this is not very common for you, so I'm going to repeat it. You do like the over in the World Series game tonight. You're you're generally an under guy.
3: Yeah, I'll go against Verlander and against the bullpen game. Uh, I would think that the Houston will score early in this game. I want to give you a quick thought of one of my picks is going to be this week. I like the Raiders in Jacksonville. What you need to know about Jacksonville is they let... Russell Wilson and that offense have three drives of 75 or more yards for touchdowns in that game. It's very hard to do in the NFL to put 12 consecutive positive plays together. <laughs> yeah, I mean Michael, I, the Raiders tonight, put pads on yesterday. Lay, they got after it. Go ahead. Are you going to lay that big
1: price tonight, Michael, for the for the football? I, I think to me, I worry about the backdoor cover, but my instincts tell me take Philly.
3: We we need we need Philly. They bet Houston, they bet Houston money line first half and Houston money line for the game. It's amazing. I love Houston
1: I, I love Philly first half minus seven. That's my favorite. I'll give that one out. That's the one I like the most. Love.
4: Big bets is next. Infinity presents
2: a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City.